We started on our journey together with a paranormal investigation at Eloise Asylum. We left the asylum eager to learn the truth. We bought our own equipment and decided to document our findings. And we're here to share them with you. I'm Melissa. I'm Mandy. Welcome to our paranormal experience. Hey everyone, we're back again to tell you about our recent paranormal investigations. Mandy and I recently went on three separate paranormal investigations, but I do want to let you know that this episode is going to mainly focus on the Bell Mansion. But before we get started on the Bell Mansion, we wanted to tell you a little bit about our visits to the Stinson Hospital and the Whitney. So Mandy, what would you rate our Stinson Hospital visit? Just overall visit. I would give it a 5 out of 10. And I agree with that. I did think it was a nice tour. The people were super friendly. It's definitely worth a visit. I I would recommend you go, even though we're only giving it 5 out of 10. It was not the most expensive paranormal investigation I've ever been on. It's very reasonably priced. And it's a very beautiful old home. It is. And the only reason I gave it 5 out of 10, that is just my own personal experience there. Right. It was kind of short. We didn't get any activity. That's not to say other people don't or haven't, but for for us, we just didn't. We didn't get any activity. The tour was kind of short, but it is a beautiful old building. It's definitely worth a visit. Very historic. We actually did combine like a Stinson episode and a Whitney episode where I was going to tell you guys the history. We were going to talk about our findings, which was nothing at the Stinson Hospital and like accidentally deleted it. I'm really sorry about that. So since we didn't find anything, we decided we would not like redo it. So what would you rate the Whitney? I would rate it the same. I'm going to say a five for the same reasons. I'm going to go with six out of 10 on that one only because the paranormal investigation was a little bit longer. I like them a little bit longer because the more time you have, the more chances there are that you're going to get activity. I know that people I talk to regularly seem to think like you're going to walk in somewhere and you're going to get activity. Like, no, we sit there for hours. This is, this is definitely a lot of sitting and waiting and trying So I did like that it was longer. And also that building has a wonderful history too. It is beautiful. And I mean, like the Stinson, it's being redone. It's beautiful. It's like a nice old building, but like the Whitney is beautiful. I mean, they do fancy dinners there. It's just an immaculate, just beautiful building. It is. And it's in downtown Detroit. And I just think the history of it and, you know, where it's at, it's just It's just a very beautiful place. The Whitney is used for baby showers and bridal showers and people do Thanksgiving dinners and stuff there. So it's just a really pretty place, I think, to have an event. Yeah. And they had a lot of original things that went with the house. Like there's a beautiful clock just built into the wall. It was really, really great. But 
we didn't get any activity there either. We did get a nice drink, though. We did, and that was called the Witching Hour, and that was really nice. Um, I think all around, I liked the actual tour at the Stinson better. I don't know why. I just felt like it was very history-based and really into history of places. But the Whitney, the tour might not have been as good, but they gave me a fun drink with it. They did. It was beautiful. The one thing I did like better about the Stinson was the mortuary part. Mm, Yeah. I I feel like the Stinson had a spookier feel to it. It did have a spookier feel. The owners actually did have a hearse, so I thought that was kind of fun and kooky. Um, The Whitney's more proper, I guess, if you will, if you want to compare the two. Yes. So in the Stinson 2, they also told us that during the renovation, sometimes they like uncovered doors. Like the place has just been changed so much over the years. And the Stinson was used as a hospital for, I can't recall how many years it was now, but it was, it was a lot of years. It was used as an actual hospital. So, I mean, it is like a mansion, you know, like the Whitney, but... And the Whitney was u- was used as a hospital at 1.2. It was a tuberculosis ward. So they both have really great histories. But, yep, no paranormal activity. So. Not for us, anyway. <laughs> yeah, not for us. So we, um, we're not going to do a whole episode on it. And then we went to the Bell Mansion. In 1893, Wing and Maroon began construction on Robert and Clara's Romanesque-style mansion. Robert was a state senator, assistant U.S. commissioner for Indiana, and he was a lawyer. Clara helped form the first classes at the Fort Wayne Art School, and she was the co-founder of the Fort Wayne Museum of Art. Robert Bell's law firm is still practicing today. The couple only had one child and they named her Bessie. But unfortunately, she died at 11 months old. Robert and Clara remained in the home until after Robert's death in 1901. He did pass away in the home. She then sold the house to the noble family who lived there for 22 years before selling the building to the Klein family, who used it as a funeral home for the next 93 years. The Bell Mansion operated as a funeral home until 2018. I found that part amazing. I guess when we were first, you know, talking about going there, I assumed that it had quit being a funeral home. Several years ago, if not decades ago. Right. Like, it was a really old thing. Like, the Simpson Hospital. Like, it operated in the late 1800s as a hospital. But no, this was a funeral home until 2018. It was really cool. And Mandy's always wanted to investigate a funeral home. And this was the first time we had gotten to do that. So, we were really excited. I did not think we were going to get anything. I thought... Nobody's passed here. Well, that is incorrect because Robert did pass there. But it wasn't like a hospital. Like I think of like hospitals where people pass away and stuff like that as potentially being active hauntings. Right. But a funeral home. You're already dead when you get there. They process their bodies and whatnot. Boy, was I wrong. (laughs) (laughs) We got there and I took some pictures outside the building 
it's got like beautiful glasswork and I'll post some pictures for you guys to see on Facebook. And we went in for our tour. It was really cool. It's like 14,000 square feet. I'll add in a couple of short clips from the tour. Uh, this third floor here is the most active floor in the house. There's not nowhere you can go on the third floor. You will catch anything and everything. We've had teams get full body apparition, shadow leaders. You will hear a lot of disembodied voices up here. Uh, EVPs. Grandpas go crazy like they love. They love. So if you have, you know, a REMPOD, REMPOD, multiple lights, ask them to turn in a specific color. Starts to go off, ask them to turn it blue, ask them to turn it yellow or, or purple. They will do it. They're used to it. Spirit boxes, portal boxes, I mean, you name it. They're used to it. They know how to use them. It's not like going to a location where it's like you're pulling teeth. We were greeted by um, a homeowner and the head of the paranormal investigation team that had been working on the house for over a year. They were the first paranormal investigation team to work on the house. All right, guys. Well, welcome to the beautiful Bell Mansion. We appreciate it. We look forward to you guys having a fun night and catching as much of it as possible. So, uh, my name is Nick. Obviously, this is Andy. Uh, this is Jeff. And they were super nice. Uh, we felt super welcome. And what would you rate this paranormal investigation, Mandy? 11. <laughs> 11 out of 10? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go, I'm going to rate it 8 out of 10. Because I feel like there's still room for more. But I feel like we could have also done better. We did have a talk after this and we decided some things that we could do to kind of make our structure a little bit better for our future investigations. Yes, because I do feel like we had a lot of firsts. We did have a lot of firsts. And we'll talk about those in just a little bit, but it exceeded my expectations. Yet now do I want more and more and more and more? Yes, yes, yes. I would like to go back. But it exceeded what I was expecting for the evening. That's why I gave it 11. It absolutely did. It absolutely did. Um, I didn't think we were going to come out with anything. And, you know, the tour was very informative. It was very fun. It was very comfortable. And this paranormal investigation was structured a little bit different than other ones we've attended. We've attended a lot of, like, public events. It was through Cross Country Paranormal. So there were a total of 10 of us all together. It's like a team you can join on Facebook. You can go to the Cross Country Paranormal page. They basically have paranormal investigations set up that you can buy tickets to through 2022. There's even a few in the UK. They're going everywhere. It is definitely cross-country paranormal. A lot of them are too, way too far for us to attend. We wish we could attend. Maybe one day. But because we went with the cross-country paranormal team, it was it felt a little less public and a little more team-oriented, which was really nice. The head of the division that we went with brought walkies and we all had walkies. Um, well, not all, but three Each of us. Group. Yeah, we kind of split into a little bit into groups and we had walkies and it did feel more like a team effort than just a public investigation. You know, we had like a group on Facebook where we could post, you know, evidence we had gotten and things like that. So that was really nice. So, Melissa, during the tour, one of the stories that 
kind of stuck with me is the lady that they said haunts the, I believe it was like one of the servants' sitting rooms at one time, and she had gotten into a car accident and her face was messed up or part of her face was messed up. Uh, There's a female presence in here. Her name's Bella. She died in a car accident and she's got a pretty effed up face. But she paces from here to the embalming room and back. Um, She's one of the ones that probably just needs to be moved on. To be honest with you. Gentleman that was the paranormal investigator of the house that was doing the tour claimed that he actually had seen a full body apparition of her. They did claim that they had seen a full body apparition of her. And when they claimed that, I thought, this is bull crap. But then I found out later, I don't think it is. <laughs> I thought, <laughs> just, I'm just, I'm just being honest. I did. It's, it's hard, I think, when you go – we've been to several paranormal investigations now, and I do feel like there's – a lot of times there's that one person that has these crazy stories, and you do tend to think that maybe they're not telling the truth, right? Right, or that some of it may be made up for profit or to get people in there. But let me just tell you, I thought that when this guy was giving his tour, but after I spent the night in there, I don't think that anymore. We didn't get some sort of extreme amount of evidence. We, we did, didn't get... We did not. Yeah, we didn't see a full body apparition. I was going to say we weren't that lucky, but maybe we weren't that unlucky because I'm not sure if I was ready for that. Yeah, I'm not ready for that. But it is one of those stories that even though really none of our evidence was based around this lady, that story just really stuck in my head. Like every time we walked past that area, I didn't want to look in the room. Like, it creeped me out. It didn't stick with me as much. It didn't creep me out as much. I was actually really liked that room. I was really, like, I felt kind of comfortable in that room. And I really liked the fireplace in that room. Because that fireplace was, like, red. It was, like, a deep red. Mm -hmm. This house has all the original fireplaces. And their gas, which was really rare at the time that this house was built, they're all different colors. And they're made of, like, these little tiny tiles. I just loved them. I love stuff like that. So I actually really like that room because I really liked the fireplace. <laughs> Goofy. You know, now that we're talking about it, I wonder if some of Clara's artistic talent was put into right. the fireplaces and a lot of the, the decor that they had. Because I do feel like there was a lot of like intricate art. Yeah, they did say she was a painter. She had this really cool balcony on the outside of her room, this just cool stone balcony. It was beautiful. I would die to get that. It reminded me of a fairy tale. It did. Kind of like like Rapunzel or something. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So we basically met them all there. We went around for the tour and we ended in the kitchen area. And this is not like a regular kitchen area. It's actually in a basement. It's just a little area that they've set up. It has... Just countertops and tables, and basically they call it like the paranormal investigation hub. Um, there's just a place for everybody to put their stuff. Because if you've ever been on a paranormal investigation, normally there's no comfortable place to sit. Like your back is killing you when you are done. It is hard work, even though you're not doing that much. Although a lot of stairs are always involved. So we're in this kitchen area. We are about, me and Mandy are about to head out on the paranormal investigation everyone is in this kitchen area because we've just finished the tour. 
I didn't hear anything at the time. But the guy next to me said, is that the alarm going off upstairs? The tour guide said, what? (laughs) He said, I hear a high-pitched whistle. He said, oh, it's probably the radiators. So I did not hear this high-pitched noise. I did not hear this radiator whistle. But I am going to play what my audio recorder picked up for you. And I'm just going to let you make you decide. Um, I don't know if a radiator could make that noise. My uncle say it could not. I don't know if there could have possibly been somebody whistling. But I did not hear it at that time. Mandy, did you hear a whistling? I did not hear a whistling. Everybody at that time that was in the house was in the kitchen. And I think that it would be really bad practice for a paranormal investigator to be whistling when people, I mean, nobody was actually investigating at this time. This was before the investigation even started. But it would be kind of bad practice, right? Like you just don't walk around whistling. If you make a loud noises, you have to announce it. Things like that. It's just, if you're, if you've been on paranormal investigations before, you'll learn that's just not part of the etiquette. Like you don't. You don't do stuff like that because you don't want to create false evidence. And these were pretty experienced investigators. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. <coughs> uh, right, that's Andy's front door. He's helping. <laughs> but Andy's like, that's a big door, but obviously that's not the door. Is that the alarm going off upstairs? It's like... What's up? I don't know, I hear like a high pitch ringing. Yeah. yeah. So these also, the uh, heaters also whistle. So I don't think, we didn't hear it in real time. Everybody that we know of that was in the house was in that room. I also think if someone would have been whistling, the man next to me wouldn't have said, oh, <laughs> what is it, an alarm going off? I hear a high pitch noise. I think he would have said, who's whistling? Right. <laughs> you know, so... I just think it's a very strange bit of audio. So at that point, we all kind of divided and went in different locations. Melissa and I went to a bedroom. Do you remember whose bedroom it was? It was on the third floor. I don't specifically know whose bedroom it was. I know that there was two bedrooms on the third floor. And one was a servant's bedroom. One was a servant's bedroom. And that was not the one we were in. So I don't know whose bedroom we were in. We were calling it um, the Harry Potter room because it has, like, these little cubbies in it. Yes. So, like, access attic. Yes. So, whichever room we were in, we started with – it was the largest bedroom in the house, I, I do believe. It was beautiful. We are kind of laying out our stuff. You know, Melissa has, like, the, the case of equipment. Our – our normal routine where I, I'm struggling to get the equipment out because that's what I do. The first thing we normally do, because we love it so much, is is put the bear out. And this is the same bear that we have always had. The same bear that we are normally saying we do not get any evidence on. Except now, how, for the lighthouse. Except for the lighthouse. We did get evidence on the bear at the lighthouse. That is the only time it has ever gone off for us. So we have the bear in the chair. And And I mean, Mandy has just placed it in the chair. Yes. And I set it down and it goes off. Now, at first, I thought that it was just because I had just 
let go of it. Like, I had to have done that somehow, right? Like, that's what my brain went to. I do believe at that time that you had the cat balls on the floor, and one of the cat balls was lighting up. But then the bear just kept going off. And I'm struggling to get the equipment out. I mean, it was... It was kind of crazy because I thought, oh, my God, like, this is going to stop happening and I'm doing something right now. Like, we have to hurry up and record this. I'll actually pay you a little clip. I was like, oh, my God, Mandy, get out your phone and record it because I could I didn't have the camera out yet. Um, But it didn't. It didn't stop. I actually ended up recording on my phone where I showed myself actually walking over to the chair and tapping the chair Like, is it going to go off, like, if I hit the chair? Like, if I make the chair vibrate? If I touch around the bear? Like, I wanted, like, video evidence almost for our own verification that this bear is not just going off due to vibrations or anything like that. So we sat there and we recorded the bear in this chair for 30 minutes. I do want to note, too, that during this 30 minutes, our flashlight went on and off. Um, during this 30 minutes, our cat ball went on and off. Was it a lot? It was not nearly as much as the bear. The bear at some points was going off so much that it had not completed its alarm yet before it was re-ringing. It was like it was cutting itself short Yeah. to just keep going. We were trying to make contact with something in that room. Um, you know, using that phonic, using our spirit box, our SB-11, you know, trying to see if we can get a name. We did kind of think we got Tom. I'll play you that clip. I'll also play you a clip of the alarm going off. So turn down your phone a little bit. I'm I'm trying. It's still going off. It's I think stopped. it was just kind of rolling around. No, no, it stopped. It had stopped. Did it? And then it started. Okay, it stopped again. Can you touch the ball? It did. Hi. If I can charge these batteries. Can you touch the ball again? We're going to get some more stuff for you. The bear's in the bag. I test him first. I didn't turn him on because I'm trying to do the night vision on this. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm excited. <laughs> it's over here. Hi, thank you for touching our bear. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Oh my God. Thank you so much for touching our bear. Can you, can you keep touching him? Can you touch him again? Are you playing with him? Tell us your name. I'm going to put some more equipment. 
innocent, and I'm hoping when I take out my spirit box, you can tell us your name, okay? Thank you. But it really didn't seem to be reactive to our speech for the most part. Um, it was almost like there were multiple presences in this home and someone was just sitting in that chair rocking. That's how much it went off. It was insane. But Mandy was able to get an intelligent response on the Necrophonic app. There was a balloon in the floor. I was asking questions. Melissa and I both were on the necrophonic, and I asked what color was the balloon. It said blue. Are you able to communicate with us through my phone? Through this app? How many cat balls are there? Are you just walking around the room and checking out the stuff? Checking out our stuff, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for lighting up my wall. It just lit up again for the second time in a row. Is your name Tom? Yes. <laughs> it did say blue and it said it very quickly. It said it very clearly as we heard it in real time. Well, when I play you that recording, it's not going to sound as clear because the bear is going off simultaneously, but you can hear blue. You might just have to back it up a few times. It is very quick, but it definitely said blue. And we heard it say blue and we were like, oh yeah, that's right. It's blue. I assume that that's in there. I had, there was like a balloon with a little light in it. And I assume that they put that in there as a, as a trigger object. That's how much activity they get on the third floor of the Bell Mansion. They just have objects lying around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was it was really crazy to not even really get started and things are just happening. And I thought for sure that when we moved rooms, it was going to stop. 
Like that was going to be it. Like that we were going to have gotten yeah, what we got. I agree because that did that happened to us when we were at the lighthouse. It did. The hospital, we had the activity. We really didn't get a lot anywhere else. So we took our bear and we went to the next room over, which is kind of like a small bedroom, but it was like the poker room back in the day. So they have it kind of set up like that. It has a table and people have put cards and left bottles of whiskey and stuff, you know. I put down the balls and I put down the bear and they immediately went off. Um, We had a ball go off in a chair and we have this on video and we're going to upload these videos to YouTube. I'll have a couple that I'm going to put out on TikTok because they're very cool. It was just immediate activity again. It was. And then, you know, at that point, I think we're like, oh, my gosh, we haven't been taking pictures. And so I stepped out of the room and I took some pictures and I took a picture of each room in the upstairs. And then I turned around and I took a picture of the hallway. And when I took a picture of the hallway, I got a weird picture. And I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know until we were driving home. Andy was driving. I was like reviewing the pictures I had taken. And I'm going to post that picture on Facebook and you guys can tell me what you think. I've never, you know, I tried to, I tried to explain it away um, on the way home. You know, maybe there was a smudge on my camera. So I checked the picture before it. I checked the picture after it. There is no smudge. I mean, just looking at it, like you can, you can gauge the size of it. It looks pretty darn big. It's overlapping a few different textures of material like wood and like paint or it could have been wallpaper. I can't quite remember. And it just seems really strange to me. And at the end of the, at the end of my little trying to rationalize this with myself, I decided that I had never in my life taken a picture like that before. And I'm one of those annoying people on Facebook that takes so many pictures of their kids. Never have I taken a picture like that before. And I went to a place where I had plenty of activity. I saw plenty of what I would consider paranormal activity. And I got a picture like that. So I'm going to say I do believe it's paranormal. So that was really cool. That was like my first, my first ever picture. <laughs> Your anomaly. That I had gotten. <laughs> and then we headed to the embalming room, which still has some of the original like embalming stuff in it. Yes, there there was a white embalming table that the owners of the house said was left there when they moved in. And again, this was used as a funeral home until 2018. So I'm guessing that that was used quite, quite recently within the last few years. There was old gurneys in the room. There was um like... One of the blood sinks would drain the blood. I don't know what it's called, but looks like a toilet, but it's not. It's like the blood oh, drainage the bodily area. fluids, yeah. whatever that is called. Yes. Um, one of the gurneys still had dried blood on it. Or at least it looked like dried blood. And they did say that they recently had like a group of EMS or police officers in it there? It was police officers because they I actually... I it was like a mixed, a group of mixed. Yeah, because they actually had talked about um, coming back and getting a sample Yeah, and the they DNA. said that they could, so... So I thought that was kind of neat. So I'm weird. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to try laying on the embalming table just... Because other people were sitting on it, too. Like, I don't think I was the only weirdo to get on it. I didn't get on it just because 
It's just not my thing. But Mandy likes to do stuff like that. Um, I support it. (laughs) She does. Um, Mainly with picture taking. It was... It was a weird feeling. I don't want to say it was a paranormal feeling, but, like, in my mind, it was just a really weird feeling thinking about all of the people that had been on this table that were not alive, right? I mean, they were dead. You laid where a lot of bodies had been laid and drained. I did. I mean, it was a... It looked clean, guys. It like, did. It wasn't, it it wasn't gross or dirty or smelly. Like, it wasn't like it I was, was catching diseases. I don't think. Light. Yeah. But it was it was really weird and it was cold. Like, that's the thing that I remember the most. Like, even after getting off the table, I could still feel the cold on my back. I, you know what it felt like? Imagine laying in, like, a porcelain bathtub, like, without water. Like, how cold it is. It did kind of look like that material, too. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't porcelain, but just it was like a thick, thicker white material. Yeah. So that's what it felt like to me. But, like, in my brain, it was almost like I was feeling, like, the cold from the dead bodies that were on it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was just me being silly in my own head. But it was – it felt weird. It definitely felt weird. And – we did get REM pod activity we in did. the embalming room as well, and some flashlight activity. It almost seemed like they were trying to communicate with us at one point in there through the flashlights, but then it just kind of seemed like it was just randomly going on and off. You know, because normally we ask them, like, can you touch the REM pod for yes, or turn the flashlight on for yes, you know, things like that. So, you know, we tried doing that. It really didn't. It really didn't bring any results. It was just kind of random, almost like, and, you know, there are two types of hauntings, supposed, supposedly, you know, the residual and the intelligent. So there had to be multiple spirits in this building. There was too much activity. There were REM pods going off consistently on multiple floors at the same time. Yeah. You know what it reminded me of? Like, to picture it in my head that there were just a bunch of spirits almost fighting over who gets to touch it. Like, you know how, like, little kids get like that? Like, if you you put out a toy and they all run at it and they all want it and they're fighting over it? That's, like, in my head how I picture it. Oh, see, I pictured it different. That's a good one, though. I pictured it, like, um, they're just kind of, like, wandering through their... Like residual, like they're just kind of wandering through their normal daily activities and they just happen to be hitting the rum pods. You know, like somebody's walking oh, back and okay. forth with, with, see, I, don't know, I looked with at something. it like, oh, look, we've got guests. We know how to work these because we have investigators coming here all the time. So right. let's, let's touch point. it, you know? I don't know. So that was, that was cool. And from there we went to, we went down into the basement. In this, was interesting not so much because of paranormal activity um but just because of some of the stuff that's down there it's sad i guess to me but there were um they called it baby boxes they were boxes that the funeral home would use to transport deceased babies um you know whether a baby died at a house and they would transport it to the funeral home or died in a hospital 
They looked old and homemade. They had decorations in them, like different material. One had little pink ribbons. Um, it was just really sad. It looked like a little case. It did. One of them had a little bit of old blood inside. It, it did. It's just really sad. There were adult body boxes as well. There were. Just as Mandy played on the embalming table, she did play in these adult body boxes. Now, it was, like, enough for, like, two adults. Like, an adult on top and an adult on bottom. It was, like, a a double-stacked one. Yes. Yeah. So, Mandy went ahead and got in, and she laid there for a little while. I did have the flashlight on in there. I couldn't bring myself to be in the dark. I didn't shut the door. She I wouldn't let her shut, the, shut door. the door. No. Um, it it felt weird. I mean, again, just thinking who's been here, how many people have been here. Nobody's been in there that's been alive except for people that are weird like me and crawled right. in there during the tour. Right. Well, you know what's weird is that we didn't get any anything no activity in the basement. None. Until I reviewed our audio from the digital audio recorder. Now, all of our audio from the basement is kind of crappy because there was like a, this big boiler in there. At one point, it kicked on even louder and we were like, is it going to explode? Like, <laughs> we got like, it made me a little bit nervous. But while Mandy's in the box, and she's actually trying to, like, start coming out of it because she did kind of have a little bit of trouble getting out of it. Like, she put her arms around my neck and I Because you can't out. maneuver yourself in there. Like, because it's not that tall. So it's really hard to turn around to get out feet first, right? Right. Because if she was on the top, so if she would have crawled out, she had, like, nothing... So, she, so I had to support her to get her out, <laughs> which is fine. But when I was reviewing this footage, I did get something on our digital audio recorder, and I'm going to play it for you. And I want to know what you guys think this says. Um, I have something in my head that I think it says, but I want to know what you guys think it says. Now, this is not us talking. And I'll put a little clip before and after of us talking so you can hear the difference. It's really low, but I was so surprised when I heard it. So I think that this is our very first EVP, possibly second if we count the whistling. I think it would be scarier if the door was shut, but I don't want you to shut it. I can't bring myself to put my legs all the way down because then I'll feel like I'm like my bed. That's weird. This is wood up here. I just stuck my head in a caution tape. You did? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm gonna have to turn around again and go out feet first. 
should do, though. I can stop. And Melissa just let me listen to this just a little while ago before we started. And I did confirm that that was not my voice. I didn't say it. I mean, it doesn't sound anything like her voice. No, it doesn't. But I just, I didn't say it. I just, I know I didn't say it. So, um, see what you guys think it says. I'm going to have to turn around and go out to the But it, it, it was intelligent. It was. It was a very intelligent thing to say. So it made, makes me think that there's like a mix of possible spirits there. Like intelligent and residual hauntings. Yeah. Could be. So after that, we decided that we wanted to go to the ballroom. And the ballroom was originally a place where they used to have the casket showroom. Right. So this was added on when the funeral home took over. It was not an original part of the house. Yes. And the reason that we wanted to go there is because they had said that a lot of times you will hear little kids running back and forth in that area playing. So we thought, okay, we're going to go there. But first, we went to the kitchen. We went to the kitchen. Sometimes they would call you back on the walkie and they would say, everybody meet in the kitchen. So we met in the kitchen real quick and then we headed out. So we left everyone in the kitchen because they were all in there gabbing and I'm people phobic. So I was like, come on, come on. So we we walked up the stairs Um it's like a very wide, beautiful staircase. So we just, we walked up and we stepped off and so we're in a hallway on the way. I'm almost, I'm like embarrassed to tell you guys this. We were in a hallway on the way to the yoga room. Which is the ballroom. The ballroom. They call it the yoga room now. It's, yeah, they do haunted yoga there. <laughs> and I felt something rush up behind me. And I've never in my life thought that I had had like I've never had an experience like that like I've never had to describe something like this before I felt something rush up behind me and it made a noise like it said something but I couldn't tell what it was and I spun around and I (laughs) shine because it's dark right I shine my flashlight there's nothing there I turn back around it says it again now I've never had this happen to me before, so I am freaked out. Next time it happens, I'm not going to freak out, but I am freaked out at this point. If I was a little kid in bed, I would have pulled the covers off of my, I would have pulled them over my head and just been super, super, super still. Like, you know that feeling, right? So I don't say anything because (laughs) I, I don't want to make it come back. Like, I'm scared of it. I want to be quiet and I want to walk away. Like, get out of there. I want to get out of there. So I I was in front of Melissa. I did not see her do any of that because I'm walking in front of her and then we're walking towards the ballroom. But I had heard something. Now, I thought it said, boo. That's what I heard. So I turned around to her and I said, did you hear that? 
and I'm going to play this audio for you guys. Somehow the noise, I was so shocked. Like we listened, we went to the kitchen and listened because we wanted, we thought it for sure picked up on our audio recorder and it didn't. You can hear us say, but you can hear us. So I'll play the clip for you guys of me terrified where Mandy's like, did you hear that? And I was like, I like waited a second. I thought about not even answering you (laughs) because I just wanted to be quiet and like get the heck out of there. And then I was like, what? And she was like, did you hear that? I was like, yes. (laughs) So (laughs) she's probably thinking, why are you being so mean? We scooted our butts into the ballroom slash yoga room. And we, we talked about our experience while we sat there with the with the bear and, you know, tried to do some activity. And we did get some. We did get some um, the bear, activity on the bear. I think one of our balls lit up one time. It was not, like, a ton of activity in there. I know the bear did light up as soon as we walked into the room. But then it took a while. We did, like, an EVP session. And we played Glenn Miller. And when we played Glenn Miller, the bear went off when it was done. Because we were trying to get that old vibe music Yeah, and that's trigger that old. We did play some older, like Mandy played some older music before that. But, I mean, this was a funeral home to 2018, so we probably should have tried some newer stuff, too. It could have been, like, a whole range, right? It was, like, a hundred-year range. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I can tell you, Melissa, that I've never been as scared as I was. Then right after that happens. Now, when I say that, was I terrified and I wanted to leave immediately? Absolutely not. But it's the first time I ever truly got scared. I was shaking. Um, <laughs> I got scared when we went to Eloise um, for a few minutes in the basement. Mandy calmed me down. It was the first investigation I'd ever been on. I have not gotten scared since then until the other day. And I've never heard anything like that, like with my own ears. Like, I mean, I heard a disembodied voice. Like, how crazy is that? That's crazy. Well, and I think it's even more crazy because we both heard it. Um, I and don't. I felt it. You know, you know how like when somebody rushes up behind you, like you yeah, just feel you like their feel air. Mm-hmm. So to me, it felt like it like almost touched me. Sorry, uh, it she, was like she looks was really like, scared really? now, guys. I, to me. I feel like the way that I heard Boo, that I think that maybe it was Mr. Bell. They said Mr. Bell gets kind of amused by people walking around ghost hunting. They had said that at the beginning of the tour. They did. And to me, it seemed like something like a dad or a grandpa would do. Like, oh, look, there's a couple of people, like, they're hunting ghosts. Like, I'm going to sneak up behind them and scare them. Because the Boo was not said maliciously. And actually, I don't think anybody that ever actually uses the word boo is being mean, right? Like, it's always in a playful way. I did also, I feel like the bulk of whatever I felt, the movement I felt, was kind of in my shoulder area, like behind my shoulders. Yeah. Almost like somebody would run up behind you and, like, grab your shoulders and say boo. Yeah. So, I mean, it could have been. But that all got me. He, Mr. Bell did get her. But, you know. He got me good. After when we were talking, we realized, like, all of the ways that we could have 
handled it differently, right? Absolutely. Because it did scare us, but honestly, there was really no reason to be scared. There was nothing malicious about it at all. And we are there to find ghosts. We are there to find proof of ghosts. So the fact that one talked to us was actually pretty amazing. Right. So next time, like Melissa had mentioned earlier, we will be better prepared um, to maybe engage a little bit more and ask it more questions or try to... You know, we probably should have, yeah, we could have done that. We probably should have got out more equipment right there in the hallway and done something. Absolutely. And we didn't. But we're going to know for next time. I mean, we're amateur. We never, we haven't claimed yet to be professional. I mean, we're learning. You know, this is we're learning and we have paranormal fun. experience. It is. <laughs> and, you know, it's just, it's fun. It is fun. So we love it. But, yeah. I probably had literally the same, like, heart rate and <laughs> that like I would if I had gone on a roller coaster <laughs> because I was so scared yeah but it, it was really it was really neat after the ballroom we I think we went back we might have went back down in the kitchen I think we, we might have asked we people scared. we were scared we wanted to be around people and we did ask them if anyone was on the floor with us we or did. anything like that. And nobody nobody was. Nobody was. Um, we already knew that, though, because we had left them all in the kitchen. We just wanted to make sure. And it was right when we got off the stairs. So, you know, we knew that. But, yeah. We just had to make sure. We, we had to ask. So, after that, we ended up going in Mr. Bell's bedroom. So, there were five of us in Mr. Bell's room. Melissa and I. And then there was a couple. And then another investigator. We tried the Estes method. One of the investigators put on soundproof headphones with um, their own spirit box. Yeah, I don't know what kind it was. Actually, I think he I think he might have mentioned to me that it was an SB7. I'm not positive. But he had his own his own he did. equipment to do that. So he couldn't hear what we were saying and we were all taking turns asking questions. And we did get some intelligent responses. I think we heard the name Robert, which we did. That was Mr. Bell's first name. It was. And And we were in his room. We were in his room. And supposedly Mr. Bell did not like men. Like he was friendlier to women being in the room. And one of the gentlemen that was in there that was asking the questions, um, it wanted him to leave. I think it called him a moron. Right. And he left, and then it said something like, where did he go, or where is he? Also, after that, it seemed that that activity kind of calmed down, and some activity started to come through that was relevant to the apparition that they see that they claim has been in a car accident. The lady with the... Because messed um, up face. it was words about like disfigurement and my face is messed up and things like that. An accident. An accident, yeah. So that was kind of interesting. I do like that method. I I would like for us to try to do that more because I've never really done it. I've watched people do it, but I've never really been the one with the headphones on. So I think that would be interesting. I'd like to try that more. Yeah, and me, I do have noise-canceling headphones because, you know... I have podcast equipment. So me and Mandy are going to try that next time. We actually, we made an investigation log and 
it kind of outlines like everything that we're kind of going to try for each area, how we're going to do it, just so we can keep everything a little bit more organized and make sure that we're not missing anything. And that's one of the things that we're going to be trying. And I think that'll be nice too when we we do our podcast for you guys. We can have a little bit. You know, my only concern. Memory jog. Right. I think, yeah. My only concern is that I'm not sure how to record the actual spirit box activity. Like, because I'll have headphones on. I have seen other investigators do it. So I'm going to have to look into that a little bit and see how to actually record that while I have headphones on. And it just might be another jack that goes directly into my my recorder, you right. know, my digital audio recorder. Yeah. So after that, we went back in the embalming room again. And I believe we just got some more bear activity yeah, it was kind of the same stuff. Nothing really intelligent in there that I could tell. At this point, we're just like, oh, it's like the same stuff. Like our REM pods won't stop going off. I mean, they literally went off all night long. But it's like how much REM pod activity can you really get? I mean, clearly something is there. Right. You've kind of proven your point, at least to yourself, right? That there is something there. Um, by this point, it was... I think past two o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. We had actually went outside because we were both sleeping. We went outside to get some fresh air and that just really perked me up. And I thought, you know what? Like we're only, what, two and a half hours from home. We did end up coming home, but I still think even though we left early, we got a very full night. Just about every room, we got something. We have a picture of a potential apparition. We have so much REM pod activity recorded on my digital audio recorder as well as our phones. Because I forgot to mention earlier, my camera never would work. So I do have to look into that to see why my camera wouldn't work. We have two possible EVPs, at least one, possibly two, if we count the whistling. I'm just a little nervous about that one just because they did say the radiators whistle. Um... I think it was it was the best investigation that we've had. You forgot to mention the disembodied voice. Oh, and the disembodied voice. It <laughs> scared the, the crap part. out of me. <laughs> that was the best part. So, yeah, definitely haunted. I definitely recommend it if you're looking for an active investigation spot. I mean, we've gone on so many investigations at places that claim to be so active and absolutely came home with the zilch. And it was like from the the moment we started, we had activity, activity, activity. It was wonderful. Um, I believe they also do Wednesday night. I mean, you'll have to look on their website, but I believe they do Wednesday night where it's just like a few hours and it's kind of cheap to go. It would be totally worth it. That's worth it alone just to see the house and the embalming room and all the, the coolness that's there. It, it definitely is. And one little thing, just a piece of advice for people that, you know, do want to go for investigations. I strongly encourage you guys to get your own equipment. You know, Melissa ended up buying a lot when we started and I had been on investigations before, but I never had my own equipment. I would just use what was there. And, you know, it's limited. You have to share with people. And you're always thinking in the back of your mind, you know, is this equipment maybe rigged or something like that? And 
And that takes that away. It it does. It takes it away and it just really when you know your equipment, when I know that I take my bear to so many investigations or I can turn it on and sit it in my house and it never goes off and I know that that happens and then I take my bear somewhere and it goes off like that, I definitely know that there's something happening. It makes a difference. It does. And then the other thing, you know, when we go in there, Melissa, as soon as we walk in, she turns the, the digital recorder on and we leave it on. And there, there's a lot of stuff on there that feel bad that she goes through it all because she hears us giggling and being stupid. But I do it while I work. We would not have caught the EVPs that we did without that. And a lot of times they happen when you're just holding your own conversation amongst each other. Um, you don't even know that it's there. And without that, we wouldn't have caught all the evidence that we did. So I think it's important that if you really want to do this, just get your own equipment. If you are interested in paranormal investigations, I do recommend Attic Junkie Paranormal. It's cheap. Now, you do get what you pay for. So if you buy a REM pod from there, a $20 REM pod, and you drop it, it's done. But REM pods are super, super expensive. Like, the really good ones are like $200. Bucks. So if you're just planning on going on a couple ghost hunts... You don't want to buy those. You want to go to Attic Junkie. You want to get the cheap ones and use them a couple times and be done with it. And plus, they do have really, really great customer service. So if you do get something and it doesn't work or whatever, all you have to do is is let them know and they will uh, they will do something about that. We have an investigation coming up and it's at Eloise. We're going to go spend the night at Eloise. We are. We're going to go back, and then we're also going to go to Bath, Michigan. We're going to go to the site of the Bath, the Bath Schoolhouse Massacre. So I'm going to leave you guys with one more thing, um, just so you know. We've been doing this so much that my daughter-in-law got me a rum pot for Mother's Day. Anyway. A nice one. It's a really nice one. <laughs> I'm so excited. She's so sweet. Yeah, you're lucky. How many mothers get ghost hunting things? Yeah, you're really on, lucky. On Mother's Day. I got lawn chairs. <laughs> okay, guys, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.